Deuteronomy chapter 4. How many of you would say that you pay attention to yourself enough, you know enough about yourself that you know that you are bent and you have a tendency to do things and try to do things the easy way? How many of you know yourself well enough that you know that you like to do things the easy way? I do, all right? I am one of those people. I know myself well enough that I try and get away with as little as possible, try to do it the easiest way possible. And I think if we're all really honest with ourselves, we all do that. Some of us overcome that. Some of us, you know, try to do things well and do it better, and we overcome some of those things. Um, but we all have the desire, let, let me do as little as possible to get away with as much as possible. We really all kind of do. I saw a sign several years ago that said, every time that I get the urge to exercise, I lay down till it goes away. <laughs> That's how most of us are naturally. We don't want to put ourselves out there. We don't want to work hard. We don't want to exercise. We just want to let our body do its thing and eat as much as we possibly can. If just left to ourselves with no motivation, motivation, we would find the easiest way to simply survive. Listen, I, for a week, one time when I was in uh, high school, my parents went on holidays, and I stayed home uh, for su- during the summer to work because I needed work to get money for college. So they went, they went for a week, and normally my mom is a very good cook. She, she feeds us very well. And so for this week, I was my own cook, which is not usually a good thing. But I knew how to make craft dinner. And I made craft dinner for six days straight for dinner. So for six days straight, I had sat down in front of the TV with a big bowl of craft dinner and a large glass of milk. Literally the best week of my life. Horrible, horrible for my intestines and horrible for my digestive system and horrible for me as a human being. But listen, all I wanted to do was just survive. I didn't really much care about eating really healthy food that time. I just wanted to survive. But listen, we don't want to just survive in this life, do we? We want to thrive. We don't want to just survive. We want to thrive. How many of you just want to just get by and, and just survive this life and maybe make it till you're 70 years old and just, you know, live with the measly income or whatever that you can come up with or that the government can give you? Most of us don't want that. We want to thrive in our life. We want to have some things, and we want to do some things, and we want to thrive in our life. And listen, spiritually, we should want the same thing. Not just to survive spiritually, not just have my ticket to heaven, but thrive. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. He doesn't want you just to survive. He wants you to thrive. He came for that reason. You see, every single one of us has the ingredients to thrive. That week that I was gone, or that my parents were gone, that I was home alone, all the ingredients were in the house. Every single one of them were in the house, but I was too lazy. I was too concerned with just surviving. For some reason, we always seem to fall away from that. For some reason, we always seem to misplace the ingredients. For some reason, we seem to drift back into simply survival mode. Just enough to get by. How does this happen? 
How do we just drift? How do we just kind of not get to the point where we want to thrive anymore? How do we get to the point where we don't care anymore? How do we get to the point where we don't care about an abiding, thriving relationship with God? And how do we get away from God's blessings? Well, I want to give you a new series that really I've entitled, How We Fall from God. How do we fall from God? Listen, we all understand, I believe, I believe we all understand that it's important to keep God as a central focus. We need to keep him there. We need to work with him and we need to conquer with him and all of those things. And we've been preaching over the last almost six months along those lines. But listen, there are times when we just fall away from God. And sometimes we really don't even know how to explain it. We just look back and we go, oh man, oh my, I don't know how I got to this spot. How did this happen? Deuteronomy chapter 4, if you will with me, look at verse 1. The Bible says, Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you. Neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor. For all the men that followed Baal Peor, the Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among you. Verse 4, but ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive every one of you this day. Behold, I have taught you as statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land whither ye go. To possess it. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll continue in this. Father, thank you so much for all you've done for us. Thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. Father, for every one of us, would you help us to realize the things that we do that help us and make us fall away from you. Father, in a way that we cannot have that thriving, abiding relationship, but we're just getting by. Help every single one of us in this room this morning to have that thriving, real, wonderful relationship with you so that we can have a real wonderful life on this earth and a real wonderful life in eternity with you father thank you for dying on the cross for our sins and sending your son we love you so much for it we pray all these things in jesus name amen i just want to give you just a quick history of where we're at and why we're in deuteronomy chapter 4 Last week we looked at Numbers, the end of Numbers. It was the final portion of it. And now we're getting into Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 1, Deuteronomy chapter 2, Deuteronomy chapter 3. Moses stands in front of all the people. Now remember, Moses has already been giving a death sentence. He's already been given, you are going to die. You are going to go up into the mountain and you're going to see the land and then I'm going to kill you. Basically is how it comes across. And the reason for that was this. He sinned against God. He sinned against God in the matter of the, the water. Instead of speaking to the rock, he smote the rock twice. So he didn't do right by God. And so God said, you will not see the land that I have promised to your, to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You will not see that land. And so Moses now, as the leader, he's getting up and he's beginning to give them instruction. Chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, he spends a lot of time rehearsing where they've come from. He spends a lot of time going over what has happened up until this point. And now he's beginning to look a little bit futuristically and say, listen, when you come into the land, 
how you're going to get there, what you're going to do. And he's just spewing out advice. Deuteronomy chapter 4 really begins that. He begins telling them, listen, this is what you need to do in order to stay close to God. These are the things that you need to do in order to remember who God is. These are the things that you need to do. I would like to just twist it a little bit. And just say, let's look at it from the other side. He's telling us what we can do to stay, keep God in the center. I want to just say, this is what we will do and we will fall away from God. So how we fall away from God. I want to give you three problems that cause us to fall away from God. And when I say fall away from God, I mean that we are not close to him anymore. We are not in a close, serious relationship with him. We have fallen from that and are now just nominal or mediocre relationship. It's just, it's just nominal. It's just, oh yes, I'm a Christian. But just nominal. Oh, it's just mediocre. It's nothing exciting. It's not thriving. Just mediocre. So three problems that cause us to fall away from God. Number one, we stop listening. We stop listening. Look there in verse 1 with me again. He says this. The third word is the important word here. Now therefore hearken, O Israel. Hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes, unto the judgments which I teach you for to do them. Listen. He says, listen. Listen. Hearken, O Israel. Hear me, O Israel. Listen, O Israel. Hey, pay attention. Listen up. Sit up straight. Put your thinking caps on. This is what I want you to hear. Hearken, O Israel. Do you ever notice that Moses has to tell them multiple times? Hey, pay attention. Hey, listen. Hearken, O Israel. Why? Why is that the case? Listen, because most people's natural tendency is to stop listening and to tune you out. I know. I stand up here every week and watch you. Do it. Some of you have tuned me out before I ever started talking. Some of you can come in and sit down and the pew is so comfortable, you just zone out, fall asleep, do whatever you want. Listen, it happens. I understand that. That's part of life. But listen, that's what happens when you get married. And for the first little bit, man, you're all ears. You want to hear everything that anybody has to say. And you're all ears, and then after 10 years, you have this wonderful thing called selective hearing. And then after 20 years, you have no idea that anybody's even talking anymore. <laughs> after I have spouses pointing at each other now. After 30 years, it's like you're not even in the same house anymore. Listen, it just happens naturally. What do you have to do? You have to work hard at it. So it's natural just to stop listening. Our kids do this. Our kids tune mothers out. Mothers, can you attest to this? So I will get a phone call every once in a while. Can you talk to your children? I'm on the phone as if this is going to do anything. But for whatever reason, it works. It's as if they've tuned their mother completely out and they have no idea what she's saying anymore because that's the voice they hear all the time. Mom's home with them all the time. I just am home with them for two or three hours at night. So I'm a new voice. Listen, it happens all the time. We tune each other out. But listen, we can do this with God as well. We can do this with God as well. God's word speaks 
no matter how long we've been listening to it. Some of you have been saved for 20, 30, 40, 50, even maybe 60 years or more. Listen, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter how long you've been listening to the word of God. God's word speaks no matter how long you've been listening to it. It just continues to speak. And so often we get deaf ears to it. We stop listening to what God is trying to say. We stop listening to what what is going on. And the possibility is that we just become desensitized to it. We hear it all the time. We're in it every day. We hear it three times a week or four times a week from the pastor. We, we constantly are hearing the word of God over and 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 over again for 60, 70, 80 years. And we just kind of become desensitized to it. Happens. And when we do that, listen, when we do that, what happens is we fall away from God. My relationship with any of you, if I become desensitized to your voice and I stop listening to you, my relationship with any of you would fall away when we stop listening. You see, God doesn't stop speaking. I believe we just stop listening. God's word always speaks. God is always talking. God is always speaking. God is always using someone to proclaim his word. Listen, we just stop listening. So this morning, if I could say, hearken, O Bible Baptist Church. Listen up. Pay attention. This is something that God wants you to hear. When we stop listening, this inevitably draws us into not doing what we're supposed to do. Look here in verse 1 again. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you. Watch this. For to do them. The whole goal in teaching you the statutes and the judgments is so you do them. The whole goal in talking to our kids and telling them to do right and wrong is so that they do the right thing. Don't touch the stove. We want them to do not touch the stove. Don't touch the stove. Don't do it. Stay away from that. Go clean your room. We want them to hear that. We want them to listen to that so that they will go do it. When you stop listening, you fall away. And what happens is you stop doing what it is you're supposed to do. Which inevitably draws us into not thriving. When we're not doing or not listening, excuse me, to God. And we're not doing what he wants us to do. That inevitably hurts our relationship and we are no longer thriving. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 1. Look at the end of that. For to do them. Why? That ye may live. That ye may live. Now that's interesting to me. Now listen, we're talking about this is survival mode. This is survival mode. All they have to do to live is to hear and do and listen to the statutes and judgments of God. And do them. That ye may live. But he doesn't stop there. And go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. That's thriving. Because this was a land that flowed with milk and honey. This was a land that they would have wells which they dig not. Buildings which they build in not. And the houses that they had and the vineyards which they planted not. This was going to be a place that would, they would thrive in. It would be something that God wanted to give them. It was something that God wanted to do for them. And if they would not listen and they would not do the statutes and judgments, they would not live and they would not thrive. Listen, every one of us has the same opportunity every single day. The ingredients are all in front of us. 
And when we stop listening, what happens is we stop doing what God wants us to do, and our relationship begins to fall. And no longer are we in that close-knit, abiding, thriving relationship anymore. You say, Pastor Yomans, well, this isn't exactly the most fun message you've ever preached. So what are we supposed to do? What, how are we supposed to avoid this? Here it is. Listen very simply. Listen on purpose. Listen on purpose. You ever find yourself literally zoning out? Like literally. I'd find this when I'm driving. It's a really good time to zone out. But I have to, okay, pay attention. Pay attention to what you're doing. I remember one time we were coming home and I, for whatever reason, I was extremely tired. Coming home from Toronto, coming down the 401, and I'm fa- literally falling asleep. And in front of me is a car, and I'm coming up on this car fairly fast, and I don't realize it because I'm nodding off. And so as I'm nodding off, I look up and I see the car and I start to move over. Well, because I'm in this lackadaisical state of mind, I don't move over fast enough. And I'm, I'm not kidding you, my wife is like freaking out because I'm really close as I'm pulling over. I did not hit him, praise the Lord. But I'm telling you what, that woke me up. You get that, oh man. And for the next 35 or 40 minutes that we had to drive home, I did not fall asleep again. Because now I'm on purpose thinking through that and I'm focusing. Listen, we need to listen on purpose. Listen on purpose. You say that sounds easier said than done. It is. It is. But let me give you just a few practical tips. When you come to church, when you open your Bible, and you get ready to hear the word of God, simply pray and say, God, I want to come prepared to receive something. I want to come to your word prepared to receive what it is that you want to give me today. And I want to find something on purpose. And listen, if you're like me, you'll start reading. And a few verses in, you're already daydreaming. Go back. Read those same verses again. Get something out of the word of God. Don't stop listening. Don't stop listening. When we stop listening, we don't know what to do. And so we must improvise with life. Let me say that again. When we stop listening... We don't know what to do anymore because we're not hearing what it is God wants us to do. And so what happens is we start improvising on our life. And so the second point is we start interfering. We start interfering with what God wants us to do. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 2. He says this. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you. Neither shall ye diminish aught from it that ye may keep The commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. You see, Moses is warning the children of Israel, listen, do not interfere with the commands of God. Don't add to it. Don't subtract from it. These are the commands of God. Here's what you need to do. But again, the problem is when we stop listening, we don't hear the commands of God. We don't know the commands of God. We stop doing the commands of God. And so we have to improvise. Well, this is what I think I should do. This is what I think I should stay away from. This, oh, this just makes sense to me. He says, don't add to. 
Let me ask you a question. Did the children of Israel ever add, ever add to the law? Think about it. Just think about it for a second. Did the children of Israel ever add to the law? Let me give you the answer. Pharisees. Absolutely they did. If you take the time, we won't take the time today. Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 to 9. All they did was add to the law. Hey, your disciples, they aren't eating with washing hands. As if they're going to hell because of it. Because they didn't eat with washing hands because they added to the law. All throughout the Bible, in the New Testament, you see Jesus fighting with the Pharisees saying, Listen, your traditions have made the commandments of God of none effect. That's what happens when you add to them. Listen, God's word is very clear about many, many, many things. And when we stop listening to the word of God, we start adding to the word of God. Well, I think it ought to be this, and I think it ought to be that, and I think this, and I think that. Listen, be very careful when you start interfering, you start to fall away from God. Did they, he says, don't take away, don't diminish aught from, don't take away. Did the children of Israel ever take away from the commandments of God? Did they ever do their own thing? Did they ever do what they wanted to do? 100% absolutely. We saw it in the matter of Baal Peor, which he recognizes here. When they went committing whoredoms with the daughters of Midian, they were all doing things that were diminishing aught from the commandments of God. And listen, when you stop listening, you stop doing, you start taking away from God's commandments as we learned about last week. We start watering those things down just a little bit. Don't diminish aught from it. Stay true to it. Don't interfere with God's commands. Look at verse 3. It says, Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor. For all the men that followed Baal Peor, the Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among you. When we don't listen, we start to improvise. When we don't listen, we start to improvise. When we don't pay attention to what God's word says and what God intends for us to know, we start to improvise. We start adding what we think is best. We start taking away the things that we don't like. We start interfering with God's plan for our lives. And in doing so, we fall further and further and further away from God. Let me illustrate. My kids have had swimming lessons over the last couple of weeks. And it's fun to watch kids in swimming lessons. I take my lunch and I go over and I watch them in their swimming lessons. Every one of the kids that were there had the skills, the ingredients, if you will, in order to swim and swim well. Every single one of them. In fact, they did swim quite well. But there's one point at which a couple of them stopped listening for fear of the deep end. They could swim in the shallow end, no problem. Because they knew that all they had to do was put their feet down and touch. But as soon as they crossed over that rope and went into the deep end, it was as if panic ensued. Crying and screaming. They had all the ingredients. They had all the right things to do. And their teacher would say, listen, put your face in the water and kick. Put your face in the water and kick. And nine times out of ten, they would keep their face up and start flailing. 
And so instead, listen, they were exactly where we are a lot of times in our spiritual life. They were just trying to survive. They just started feeling, I'm just, just trying to survive and just trying to find. Put your face in, put your face in, put your face in. And as soon as they put their face in, they'd start swimming and swim fast. We can thrive instead of having fun in the pool and enjoying their time in the pool and swimming all around they were in fear and they were just surviving because they were interfering and they stopped listening and when they interfered they thought I'm going to do what I think is right to do and that that was just flailing and so often we have the ingredients we stop listening we begin to improvise Instead of swimming and having an enjoyable time in our Christian life and and thriving in our relationship with Jesus Christ, we're struggling. We're almost hating every minute of it. So what's the solution? What's the solution? If we don't listen, we start to improvise. We start to interfere. Listen, what is the solution? Here it is. Intentionally trust him. Intentionally trust him. My kids need to trust their swimming instructor intentionally. Listen, she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's talking about. She knows how to swim. She's taught X amount of people. Kids don't think that, though, do they? Kids think, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Listen, we're adults, and we don't think that. We don't think, hey, God's brought the children of Israel through this much already. God's brought the children of Israel through all of these things. God brought this person and that person. God's brought me through this, 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 and this. We forget about all those things. And we stop listening to those things. And we begin to, well, maybe I can handle it better. Maybe I can twist this and I can do this and I can do what I want to do. And we begin to meddle and interfere with those things. Listen, intentionally trust him. Doesn't matter what I think, I'm going to trust God. Doesn't matter what I think, I'm going to trust God. Doesn't matter if I think he's doing the wrong thing, I'm going to intentionally trust him. Listen on purpose. Intentionally trust him. I want to give you the third thing. Third thing that keeps us from falling, or keeps us falling away from God is we stop cleaving. We stop cleaving. Deuteronomy chapter 4, look at verse 4. The Bible says, but ye that did cleave unto the Lord, your God, are Alive, every one of you this day. So if you'll turn that back over and go to verse 3, your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor. For all the men that followed Baal Peor. See, there's an interesting thing here. The people who did not cleave to God ended up joining themselves to Baal Peor. When we stop cleaving, we start falling. When we stop cleaving, we start falling. Cleaving, again, from Webster's Dictionary, says this, to adhere closely, to stick, to hold fast, to cling. It's, it's, it's clingy. Have you ever been accused of being too clingy? Well, most of us think, oh, that's a, that's a, I don't like that. I don't like somebody who's clingy. Like, give me my personal space here. Understand that. But listen, It is almost the best thing you can do with God. People 
Human beings don't like it when you're clingy, but God does. God wants you to cleave to him. He doesn't want you joining yourself to somebody else. We want you to cleave and cling and hold fast. Stick to him like glue. Hold fast to him. If you can think of cleaving in this aspect, hanging on to a rock face so hard because if you let go, you're going to fall to your death. Clinging onto the rock face so hard that I am not going to let go. I'm going to hang on and I'm going to keep hold of that thing because my life depends on it. That's the type of clinging, the cleaving that I think we need to have with God. Likewise, our thriving life depends on our clinging with God. Clinging or cleaving to God. I find it so interesting that there are two definitions of the word cleave. Two definitions of the word cleave, and both are in Webster's Dictionary. You look it up. The second definition that I want you to see is this. To part or divide by force, to split or rive, to cut. You see the complete opposite here? You have one that's cling, hold fast, and the other one is to part or divide. The other one is to keep it separate to, to, as if you will, a cleaver, a meat cleaver. It cuts, it separates, it divides. So listen, what is God trying to say here? But ye that did cleave unto the Lord. Is he trying to say the one that separates unto the Lord or the one that clings on to the Lord? What's he trying to say here? Hear this. When you cleave to God, you are cleaving from all others. When you cleave to God, you are cleaving from all others. When you cling on to God, you're separating from all others. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Somebody give me a head nod because I think some of you are tuning me out. When you are cleaving to God, when you're clinging to God, when you're drawing yourself to God, you are separating from other things. Conversely, though, when you cleave from God, you are cleaving to something else. Does that make sense? Because you cannot have one and the other. It's one or the other. You cannot cleave to something. You cannot serve two masters for you either hate the one or love the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. It's impossible to do. That's why the word cleave is such a wonderful word because it separates unto something and it separates from something. Listen, I want to cleave to God. When we stop cleaving, you know what happens? When you stop cleaving from that rock, you fall away. You fall away and your life is no longer just thriving. It's simply just surviving. So what are we to do? What are we to do? What am I supposed to do if I, I don't want to stop cleaving? Here it is, very simply, deliberately deliberately cling to God. Deliberately cling to God. I am not going to let go of him. I'm going to hang on to him with every fiber in my being. I am going to do everything. And listen, hear this. God says, draw nigh unto me. What does he say? Now draw nigh unto you. You only have to go halfway. You only have to work so hard and he's there. He's actually going to hang on to you. You cleave onto him and he'll cleave to you. Deliberately cling to God. 
Let God be your rock. Let God be your fortress. Let him be your vine and you be the branch and you draw nutrients from him and cling to him in everything you possibly can. When you stop listening, when you start interfering, and when you stop cleaving, you begin to fall away. Let me bring this to a close very quickly. Deuteronomy chapter 4, look at verse 5. He says this, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments. I have given you these things, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land whither ye go to possess it. You see, Moses is saying here, I've given you all the ingredients. I've given you everything you ever needed to know. Don't add to it. Don't subtract from it. Just do these things. When you get to that promised land, just continue to do them. God has given us, listen, God has given us the talents, the abilities. He's given us the strength. And he's given us the promises to live in a thriving, abiding relationship with him. Which is literally the best life on this earth. And it's literally the best life eternally. Think about if you have a thriving relationship with God, what it's going to be like in eternity. How little regret you'll have. How much wonder and excitement you'll have going into the throne room of God and being there and saying, listen, I deliberately clung to you and I listened to every word and I didn't get in the way at all and here I am and I'm excited. Conversely, if you say, oh, man, I got in the way. Quit listening to you. I have so much regret. There's so much, so much care now. The Bible says, listen, that he'll wipe away every tear. But listen, the best life you can live on this earth and the best life that you can have eternally is to stay close to God, to cling to him, to continue to listen to him, to not interfere. But if we will allow these problems to continually manifest themselves in our lives, we will fall away from God. And we will never truly conquer what Christ has promised to us. We will never truly fulfill everything that God wants us to. We learned last week that if they didn't take care of these people, they would be a thorn in their side. They would be treated, the children of Israel would be treated by God the way that those people were intended to be treated. Listen, don't fall away from God. Keep listening. Don't interfere and just cling on as much as you can. And you can have a thriving life, not just surviving.